Aish Drive, before starting today's special episode, I just wanted to let you know that I've released a free PDF guide called Seven Simple Ways to Raise Your Vibrations, Shift Your Energy, and Feel Better Immediately. So if you're looking for surefire ways to immediately reduce stress and induce relaxation, then this free PDF guide is for you. Go to my7chakras.com forward slash feel better now. Link is also in the show notes. The link is my seven is a word, my seven chakras.com forward slash feel better now. My seven chakras episode 358. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com, where we help you experience more healing, more awakening, and more abundance. In today's episode, we're going to explore the topic of healthy living and healthy eating, and more specifically, how to overcome, how to treat, and how to cure cancer, which is a topic that everyone of us really needs to become more aware of, whether or not you're diagnosed with cancer at this point. But before that, let's listen to our latest iTunes review by a listener named Anna in Toronto. And she says, this podcast really stands out in such a positive and insightful way by providing life coaching tips for those in search of support, awareness, and profound spiritual growth. Well-spoken, intelligent, and with a curious heart, AJ provides insights, quotes, and interviews conducted with spiritual and self-help leaders to ultimately help complement each one of our own personal journeys. I like how the podcast encourages new perspectives and good habit keeping, like journal writing and meditation. And just want to say thanks, AJ, for serving as a beacon of light to all the listeners' lives that you have touched, Anna. So thanks, Anna. Uh, Action Tribe, if you want to write your own review as well, it's super simple. And I give you a shout out, as you can see. Go to my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. All right, so let's bring on our special guest for today. After being diagnosed with cancer when she was 32, our guest explored holistic alternatives and combined them with traditional treatments and was able to beat the disease. Her husband wasn't as fortunate. He succumbed to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma when he was only 45 after a regimen of doctor-prescribed chemotherapy and two bone marrow transplants. Her personal experience led her to realize that many ways in which nutrition and lifestyle affects our ability to deal with health challenges. She is a holistic nutritionist and lifestyle cleanse expert her mission is to educate and encourage healthy, mindful living by helping others embrace the concept that we are a product of what we eat and how we treat ourselves. So Action Tribe, please help me welcome Elisa Goodman. So Elisa, welcome to our show. And are you ready to inspire? I'm ready to inspire. I'm ready to inspire people to teach them that they can heal from anything. Absolutely, I feel like anything out there. Cancer is not the destiny. It's not a death. So great, great. And I know that, you know, through going through your book, I know that mindset is a is such an important 
integral part of your healing journey, right? So let's begin with some inspiration. What is that one inspiring quote that you have on your mind right now that's sort of like a guiding light in your life? And how do you apply that into your into your day-to-day life? I would say that it's what I was saying earlier. It's, you know, you can, you really can, if you set your mind to it, you can heal from anything. Mm-hmm. And we have, our body is so miraculous. It wants to be healthy. It wants to heal. So I feel like when we emotionally and are and physically are in the right place, you know, we really can make everything work properly. And I just, I'm a believer, I'm an optimist. I think that, you know, everybody deserves a really beautiful, healthy, vibrant life if they want it. Absolutely. So I love what you're sharing. Everyone deserves to lead a vibrant, healthy life. But at the end of the day, if you set your will to it, uh, then it's possible. So it's all in the mind. And it's important to really visualize that end outcome and do the other things that we're going to talk about today. But uh, will is such an important critical component, right? So let's yeah. start from the very beginning. Talk to us about your childhood. How was it like growing up in your household? I know I always do that with my clients as well. It's so crucial to find out sort of where we come, how we come into the world and mm-hmm. sort of what the baseline is um, when we do grow up. And uh, when I came into the world, I did have a low white blood cell count. So my immune system was compromised. And I also came into a family that was very type A and very motivated, successful. You know, basically, I always say they run circles around me. And even growing up, you know, my mom and dad, and my mom still to this day, she's 89, she can run circles around me, even though I have a lot more energy today. But emotionally, that made me feel compromised. Physically, I was compromised. I used to have to get blood shots every 28 days for my white blood cell count being low. And I had a, just a family that I just felt like I was never going to be good enough for. I wasn't going to be able to keep up or I wasn't going to be as successful as they were. So I was always getting sick too, always in and out of the hospital as a kid. I had digestion issues. I had chicken pox. I had mono a couple of times, strep, tonsillitis, you know, everything you could imagine, eczema, psoriasis, I would get. So, and shingles, I mean, it's crazy how many illnesses I've had over my lifetime before the cancer and even after the cancer. But um, because of that low white blood cell count and because of my men, my emotional well-being wasn't where it needed to be. Right, right. Well, thanks a lot for sharing and providing us that context. I mean, I don't know what it is, but even as a child, I used to always tend to compare myself with uh, my parents, right? Mm-hmm. Every detail, you know, nose and, and hands and their <laughs> lifestyle. And sometimes, as it should be, we're individuals, right? And uh, they say, right, don't compare yourself with others. Right. But when it comes to family, we can't help but compare, especially when we're kids, when we don't understand logically that it's not right to compare. Where do you think that comes from? Because I think a lot of people have compared themselves with their own parents as well, like like yourself. But where do you think that comes from? I think it's really a society type of, mm. you know, we, we are, we're so young, we don't have a voice mm. and we feel like these people who are bringing us up are the power houses, you know, and they, we really, they know better. Absolutely. Mm. They, so I think we just give over our power to them a lot of times um, because we don't feel like we're strong enough and we really aren't at that age to stand up for ourselves. So you hope that you have parents that maybe can give you that opportunity, you know, mm. to speak your mind and to also have a point of view 
But I think a lot of times these days, and I know growing up for myself, um, that wasn't the way they were taught. Mm. So it really was. And we really, we also idolize them a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I yeah. think that's, you know, they're good and they're bad traits. We idolize. Kind of right. Them. Yeah. And especially when it is the first time that you come to know that they are humans and they do yeah. have bad traits. And most importantly, that they are not immortal, right? Right. That you realize that at some point that they're going to experience a death themselves. Uh, but fascinating. Thanks a lot for, for sharing that. And uh, you shared that your mom had asthma, right? And yes. she would take you to this health ranch twice in a year for about seven days. So talk to us about that experience. What was it like? And what impact did that experience have on your overall well-being? Well, she used to go to a health ranch in Tecate, Mexico, which um, was ahead of its time because yeah. they grew all their own food and they meditated, they did yoga, exercise, massage, you know, everything that we needed in those years, mm. but we really didn't have very many places. Um, so she just always, she was always a seeker. So she was always discovering new and really interesting places. And Ranch La Puerta was, she would go twice a year and come back a different woman. And most of the time, you know, as a young kid, I didn't even know where she was going or what she was doing. But when I was a teenager, after being sick so often, um, she was like, I really think I need to take you. She would go with like 10 to 20 women each time. Mm. And they were all like 20 years older than me. And I went when I was 14, 15, um, not a place I wanted to be at that age because, you know, I was off the grid, no telephone, um, no way to like contact my friends. But I was with these older women. But it was fascinating because I watched all of these women. They came down with all different kinds of health issues, e even like sleep issues or anxiety and depression and asthma or, or, you know, digestion issues. And at the end of seven days, they were different women. They totally mm. transformed. They were happier. Their health issues had gone, you know, weren't as strong as they were at home. Like my mom's asthma, she didn't need her inhaler as much. Mm -hmm. after she had been there for seven days. So, and also it was, you know, was in a lot of stress. I noticed that the de-stressing was crucial. So I went about five times off and on over the years because I fought her every time. I, I really didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. I really just wanted to be home eating sugar and drinking soda and, you know, eating crappy food and hanging out with my friends. So right. it really, thank God for that because of my future diagnosis, I had that instilled in me. And when I was diagnosed, I tap back into that. So that's what really helped me. Got it, got it. Uh, okay, so you used to go to this ranch in Mexico where they used to have meditation and yoga and, you know, really healthy food, locally yeah. sourced. And right. the fact that there was just one phone, right? That was mm -hmm. also pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so almost no right. phone. It was, right. Okay. So what did that do to you? Like when you came back home, back to the city, how, how did you feel? I mean, I felt definitely, I always think I felt out of body where mm. I was very disconnected from myself. And okay. when I went back home after that experience of seven days at the ranch, I was reconnected. You have an mm. opportunity to reconnect with yourself. Um, I, you know, I feel like life was so busy and so crazy and always kind of enduring this chronic right. fatigue or not feeling very great emotionally and physically. I, I was always so out of body because I was always trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Mm. And how am I going to get better? Like, what are kinds of things can I do to make myself better? I wanted that instant fix all mm. the time. So I was chasing it. And so I was chronically stressed. But I did. I felt back in my body. I felt centered. I felt calm. 
Mm. And I, I did never live like that. There was never a sense of inner peace. But when I did come back from the ranch and certain things that I did periodically through my life, I could find that inner peace. But I didn't do them often enough. Got it, got it. So you had that experience and you would come back. You at least had that reference point, yeah. which, like you said, uh, helped you later on, the age of 32, when you had that cancer diagnosis, right? So what type of cancer was it in? And how did you first learn about it? Take us back to that time. Sorry. It was Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. And how I learned about it was I was getting a massage and I was sitting upright. Mm -hmm. And the masseuse felt a lymph node right here on my collarbone. Okay. And she was like, you, know, you really shouldn't have swollen lymph nodes there. You can have them on your neck. You know, basically that's fighting an infection. But other places in your body that I don't love the look of that. So I went to the doctor and then and a general practitioner and he just felt the lymph node and he said, you know, oh my God, this could be cancer. I mean, mm. just like that, put me into a fear-based mode right away. I was totally freaked out at 32. Mm. Like, holy crap. Um, I'm too young. I haven't had kids, you know, just just had gotten married a few years prior, but um, mm. it was a lifesaver. I mean, that masseuse really saved my life. I would not have known what symptoms were because I always felt crappy. Mm. So I didn't really, you know, again, I was, I think, mm. out of body and not in touch with myself. And so I wouldn't have known if I had symptoms. But thank God that she felt that lymph node. And mm. the next thing I knew, you know, I was diagnosed with cancer. And then it was like a, you know, sort of a, I, I tapped into that place of, oh, my God, I could die because right. cancer meant that you could die. Right. Now, for people who might be listening right now or maybe watching right now, uh, what is Hodg Hodgkin's? Is, is that how it's pronounced? It's a type of, yeah, it's a type of um, cancer of lymphatic system. Okay. okay. So there's two different lymphatic system cancers. There's a non-Hodgkin's and a Hodgkin's. Okay. Sure. So, so you shared that with us. You were getting a massage and she noticed that lump somewhere in your collarbone, right? Mm -hmm. And then you went to the doctor and the doctor sort of had this reaction, which sort of alludes to the fact that the doctor, at least the first doctor that you visit plays a huge role, right? In right. terms of how this is handled. So in your opinion, how would you know a responsible doctor <laughs> react to something like this? How would he or she sort of pass on the message to this, to this uh, patient? That's the best question because what happened to me, just in a nutshell, right. was two of the two of the oncologists I went to see were also like that. They were very mm -hmm. fear-based and they put me on a path of like, you're gonna have to freeze your eggs because you haven't had kids yet. You're probably gonna do chemo radiation. You're gonna, you know, do you have a donor because you'll probably have to do a donor stem cell transplant. Mm -hmm. And it was all like we hadn't even staged the cancer yet. So mm -hmm. I mean, the way that doctors and they still treat you that way, which is a little bit sad. I wish you know, slowly that's changing. Mm -hmm. But um, the third doctor I went to see reluctantly, he was an oncologist radiologist and a friend of mine was friends with him. Mm -hmm. And I went to see him and he sat me, it was staged then, it was an early stage of cancer. And he sat me down and he's like, so are you happy? Are you passionate at what you do? Do you love, you know, your spouse or, you know, do you love your life? Do you love yourself? And I burst into tears and I was like, I don't even know what that meant. I didn't even know what loving myself looked like. I didn't know what pa being passionate about something or, you know, being happy, really. I think I had a manufactured feeling of happy, but not truly, mm -hmm. like I was saying earlier, that inner piece of happiness. 
Mm. Um, and that's how doctors should treat you really is he changed my life. He, mm. I went into therapy. I started working on my emotional well-being, and he was another, my second lifesaver, the masseuse, then him. And he was like, I think we can deal with this, you know, in terms of it's an early stage. Let's get your emotions in check mm. because that is a huge part of how you can heal. Right. So I think doctors should treat you and ask you questions like, what's going on in your life? What's your stress like? How do you mm-hmm. sleep? Are you happy with your life? Got it. Got it. Yeah, I can clearly see a, a difference in in terms of how the two doctors handle a situation. One was assuming that everyone everyone reacts to the same message the same way and yeah. uh, just blurting out the information versus being sort of like a counselor and asking the right questions, but also understanding that a person is not just a physical body, but that the person has different dimensions, emotions, thoughts, lifestyle. And looking at the whole body, right? At the right. whole person, as opposed to just passing on the information that needs to be passed on. So that's really useful. And I think some people who are in this phase might get some advice in, in, in choosing the right doctor. And in your book, Cancer Hacks, you write, sometimes I wonder why I won my cancer battle, but my husband did not. After decades of exploring this, I think it comes down to one major thing. Instinctively, I knew that I could and I would beat this. My husband couldn't find the same confidence. He was frightened and only heard his doctors tell him that he might not be the disease. So talk to us about the importance of having such uh, such confidence, especially when it comes to facing a terminal illness like cancer, right? Um, and when you yeah. have these signs all around you right. that don't match your inner state of being. Right? So, right. I know. It's... Um... It is so interesting how some people make it, some people don't make it. I always find that fascinating Um, Mm -hmm. and wanting to like find out from him, you know, at the deeper level, I can't now because he's gone, but what was it that really did, you know, put him over the edge in that Mm -hmm. way? But his dad died of cancer when he was two. Mm -hmm. So now doing all the work that I've done, I do know that, you know, your subconscious is fully downloaded by the age of six or seven. And Mm -hmm. He really lived in a fear-based mode um, most of those years. And that trauma of losing his dad was so traumatic. Um, mm-hmm. His mom remarried years later, but that was um, maybe he was 10. But not having a dad and having a single mom who had to go back to work, I know was traumatic. And I think that feeling that mm-hmm. his dad didn't make it was in his subconscious. And when we have those fears that are so intense in our subconscious, they rule us. Right. And, I, you know, you know this better than I do. I mean, it's, you know, when we're like subconsciously, um, we we operate 99, 90 to 95% out of our subconscious, right? which I find mind-blowing because I think I'm conscious, but mostly I'm not <laughs> conscious. And those right. messages that you're playing to yourself, mm. you might not make it, you might not make it, or, you know, cancer could kill you, cancer could kill you, potentially. Right. Could it downregulates your immune system and it really stops the healing process. I right. and I think for me, I didn't have those traumatic effects with this cancer um, right. or with an illness like this. And I had some really amazing, you know, I wasn't I was sick as a kid and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I had I overcame a lot of things as a kid. So I think tapping into that, I was destined to like overcome. I think my instincts and my intuition just really rose to the surface. Um, I know that I didn't listen to him a lot of times throughout my life, but yeah. at that time I was lucky because 
we have such strong instincts and intuition. We yeah. know what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to eat and how we're supposed to act and who we're supposed to marry or all of that, but we don't tap into them. And I think I, I really got lucky. I'm so grateful that I just knew, and his cancer was a little farther along than mine. Right. And his doctors didn't do the same thing with him. They didn't, mm. nobody, nobody asked, you know, how are you doing emotionally and what's life like and what's the stress level like? He lived in a stress mode. He was so type A. He mm. was really successful, but that really drove him. Mm -hmm. right. And he right. was a huge animal protein eater and he was addicted to sugar. And I'm not saying animal protein and sugar give you cancer. Yeah. Um, but they're hugely inflammatory and not so great for us when we eat them all the time. Right, right. So this is a wonderful discussion. And it's it's amazing that you were able to uh, listen to your gut and listen to your intuitions and go the alternate way. But I also see what he was experiencing, right? Like you said, that his father has lo had lost his life to cancer. And I think, uh, I think men in general have this evolutionary need to do better than their fathers, right? I don't know where it yeah. comes from. But to right. sort of to spread the legacy and the fact that you receive this diagnosis that you're going to end, your life is going to end. Uh, it feels as if he was trying to cling on to some sense of certainty. And in, all, yeah. in the midst of all of this, who do you listen to, right? The doctors are trained and they've spent their lives. Uh, but we are finding otherwise that maybe they are not always right, at least in, their, right. in the way that they treat their patients. So, you know, this is, this is really useful. So when you had the diagnosis... Sorry, we, we I was going to say, and also you mentioned, you know, about him. I mean, it's really unheard of these days to have someone do two bone marrow transplants in a year and a half. I mean, usually one takes you under. Your immune yeah. system is so compromised. And yeah. he had two, and he just he would he just jumped into everything they said. Like, and they really didn't die from the cancer. He died from fungal pneumonia. So mm. it was really the immune system that was, was compromised. Got it, got it. Yeah, so it seems like the transplant sort of took a toll on him, right? Yeah. The two bone yeah. marrow transplant. In a big way. Um, I think that I'm not sure if he would have died if he had those two. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so when you had the diagnosis, you listened to your inner voice and you said no to chemotherapy and no to freezing, freezing your eggs. Right. So what did you do instead? Like how did you even begin to put together a plan in that frame of mind, in that being around that sort of energy where everyone is telling you to listen to the doctor and to do the chemotherapy and to not make a mistake. How did you go about thinking? Yeah, I know. Sometimes I wonder how the hell I got through it because <laughs> I really did go rogue. I mean, I, I found out that I could do some like radiation mm -hmm. uh, to that area, which is like right here below my neck and, you know, my front mantle piece as they call it. So I found a radiologist to do it. And, right. and, basically just did a lot of investigating on my own mm -hmm. and realized I was scared to death of chemo because of my immune system compromise. Mm -hmm. So I just, I really just took, you know, it in my own hands and believe and basically said, okay, I'm not going to do chemo because I thought that was going to really take me under. Yeah. And I found someone to do the radiology, radiology and my actually my oncologist actually fired me because he was so worried that I wasn't doing what he said. Oh. So it was a really scary time because I didn't know what I was encountering and if I was going to be okay, um, really, truly at the end of the day. But I did do the radiation and that's when I jumped into therapy and getting some emotional guidance um, as well as I started juicing and eat, I became a, a vegan. I went to a naturopath, I did colonics, I 
I mean, I started yoga, meditation. I just jumped into everything that could calm down my body and my central nervous system so yeah. that I could heal. And also food is medicine. So I started to really, I wasn't eating healthy before. So I basically, mm-hmm. juicing, I think, really saved me. There was one juice place in LA that it was walking distance from where I live. So it was like a lifesaver. And Mrs. Gucci's, which is Whole Foods today, mm-hmm. was in Los Angeles. And we had just moved from New York. So I guess there was a good reason why we moved from New York. LA had a lot to offer. There was a lot right. here in terms of the natural, you know, healing methods. So I was lucky. I doing all that cancer free, um, not illness free, but definitely cancer free. So, mm-hmm. and, and also after all these years of, after he passed away of learning about what does, what are all the factors that come together that can heal you or mm-hmm. make you sick? Um, I was so lucky to be able to bring all those factors together in those days, which was a long time ago. Action Drive, if you're looking for a podcast that explores spirituality through the lens of great music, then I have a recommendation for you, The Secret Chord by Aish New York. Each week, they feature a different artist and extract profound insights into the nature of existence through the lyrics and the artist's work. Learn about the story behind the song Let It Be by Paul McCartney or the Kabbalah and the nature of harmony from Crosby, Stills and Nash. If you love music and spirituality, then you're going to love this podcast. Listen to The Secret Chord today by searching for H New York on Apple Podcasts, A-I-S-H New York, or by googling The Secret Chord with Adam Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. So so that's 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 wonderful that you had access to that uh, juice store and right. the previous version of Whole Foods that you had access right. to, to to good nutrition, right? So that's that's yeah. wonderful. And you did that. And these days you have books on stoicism, right? Marcus Aurelius, which sort of encouraged you to think about death right? yeah. because it, had, can ha- it can have a purging effect on your body and allow you to remember what's truly important versus what is non-essential. But in the case of receiving a diagnosis, that's <laughs> kind of different, right? Because that's sort of putting a, a, a timer on your time on earth. So do you have any worries about your time on earth, especially since you talk about the importance of handling your emotions, right? When it comes to dealing with cancer, how did you counter those negative thoughts when they arose? It was really through the, well, through therapy at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And now I, now I don't have those thoughts. I mean, I did have them for years and I did have them probably up till he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started seeing an energy healer like 10 years ago who mm-hmm. really was able to go in at a more core level and release those thought patterns that weren't serving me anymore. Um, those traumatic feelings and um, self-esteem and self-worth feelings that I had all my life. So I was able to really kind of go in and viscerally feel the release of those. I think, you know, that subconscious is so important to tap into. Mm-hmm. I, journaling, putting pen to paper has been massive for me over the years, just like releasing those fears Mm-hmm. Um, and also manifesting things that I want to come true in my life and they have come true and I have released those fears. So, I mean, just that in itself is huge. Um, I've done a lot of, I've done psilocybin journeys and I've done ayahuasca. So mm-hmm. those are things that also can tap you into, you know, your subconscious and your fears. Um, mm-hmm. those, those have been life changing. 
absolutely tapping in and feeling that everything's going to be okay. And mm -hmm. that, you know, feeling that calm and peacefulness with mm -hmm. yourself and knowing that you are enough and good enough, um, I think is the ultimate in all the, in this healing journey, whether it's cancer or any kind of health issue, um, when we're on the planet, just to know that we are here for a reason and we have a lot to offer and that we are beautiful humans in ourselves. But I, most of my life, I never had felt that, but being able to tap into that, my whole life has changed in every way. So I, I just feel really lucky that there is that out there and what you do as well, you know, bringing those, those people to the forefront of that people can change their lives and knowing how to reprogram your mind and, and open up your heart um, is, is beautiful. They weren't, that wasn't happening as much when I was diagnosed, mm -hmm. but today there's so much to offer with all of that. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. And, and and me, even on a personal basis, I have gotten into a routine of journaling in the morning over the last, uh, I think, four to five months, consistently every day. And that has been really transformative. You know, my finding out what's going on in my thoughts, deep in my subconscious mind, and also understanding what I truly deeply want from a fulfillment standpoint that has been i think really useful so thanks a lot for for sharing that yeah. with us and uh the fact that you did try psilocybin i've not tried it yet but i'm are really i am i am really yeah. really interested i'm doing a lot of research into it right because there are so many different types yeah. of trips that you can go on and yeah. uh you always have this this worry right like what if the <laughs> changes are not reversible uh but uh how was your experience i mean uh, did you experience the ego death like they say where your ego sort of crumbles and you experience that true oneness and connection with everything around? absolutely i never knew what that was like i mean i did it with a with a coach with a okay. wellness coach and a spiritual guide just one-on-one -on -one, which mm -hmm. i do recommend i mean because the the coach guides you you know, in terms of, you know, right. figures out what you want to let go of. And there's still, you know, when I did it, there was still the fear of death. There mm -hmm. was still the fear, is everything going to be okay? Are my girls going to be okay? Because um, they're 21 and 24 today. But, you know, because I always get, I get fearful that they have two parents who had cancer, that their trauma with all of that and their fear-based, living in a fear-based mode potentially, um, yeah. bring on some kind of illnesses for them. So I really want to discover that. and. And yes, like that, yeah, definitely experienced the ego death, which was the most incredible thing in the entire world. Just realizing you're one with the universe and that, the, you know, you're just part of a bigger picture. You're not just out on your own and you're not alone at all in the world. Um, I think that is a huge problem these days with all of these cancers and health issues as we feel alone and isolated, yeah. right? I mean, and to feel like you're not is also, I mean, all of these thought patterns are so crucial for our immune system. Mm -hmm. You know, they do, they, when we have negative thought patterns, they downregulate the immune system. Mm -hmm. So even eating healthy food and juicing like I was doing sometimes might not do the trick. So that yeah. emotional component in, in conjunction with the healthy food um, and maybe some powerful supplements that are clean and healthy are really the ticket and sleep and things that don't cost money too. Mm -hmm. you know, getting enough sleep um, and de-stressing and the journaling and just 
you know, doing breath work uh, and all of those things don't cost money and are huge for people mm-hmm. to really be able to heal. I mean, there's the heal documentary that's out. That's so beautiful. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that. Have you seen that? The, the uh, no, I'm not, but I've heard so much about it. Uh, it's, it's on my list. So that documentary and also the documentary about, uh, what veganism. Yes. Is that the game changers? The game changes. Yeah. That's <laughs> something I've heard a lot about. Right, and there's so right. much of debate and discussion about it. Right. right. A lot of people yeah. are watching that these days. Yeah. I know exactly. there's there. Yes. So the heel documentary is amazing because it brings together practitioners, you know, <laughs> alternative practitioners and it's Reiki and breath work and, you know, mind, a mind architect and just mm-hmm. you know, definitely people who can teach you how to restructure your life and tap into what's not working for you. That, but the psilocybin was so life-changing. I was definitely scared because I'm someone who wants to be in control. Yeah. So the idea of being out of control is a super scary thing. But when yeah. you do it and you're with somebody who could guide you yeah. and make you feel safe and comfortable, it's a whole other ballgame. And, yeah. and it's amazing what opens up for us. You know, We actually oh, yeah. get to really experience what we want in this lifetime. And not going through a lifetime and not getting able to be able to do what we want or find the love or intimacy or just, you know, the true health, health, you know, with ourselves too, that Mm -hmm. oneness with ourselves. And and I feel I had dealt with Hashimoto's hypogonism for 25 years. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when I really was able to conquer that, I mean, I was working on it for three years with various practitioners, Mm -hmm. medical medium was helping yeah. me um and because I, I believe in all different modalities but when i got when i did the journey i think that's what really put me i think that's what really healed me because i it. saw that really i was going to heal that there was mm. a possibility of healing so yeah that's what i've heard is that the mushroom what it does is it increases our s- sense of possibility right in our day-to-day life there are so many things that sort of hold us back limitations things what we feel are possible or not possible for us. And I think what that does is it sort of breaks through that sense of possibility. And now so many more things are possible through you. So yeah. so firstly, did you feel that? And secondly, those effects, have were they like uh, permanent? Did you feel that there was a permanent shift within you? Yes, I felt both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that it's not, it's not the end game and mm-hmm. it's not, you know, um, it doesn't, it's not the magic pill. Yeah, of course. But it did open up other possibilities and other, you know, patterns in my mind that mm-hmm. I didn't think were possible. But then I had to, you have to like actually practice it sort of like anything on a daily mm-hmm. basis, like you were saying about the journaling, um, yeah. de-stressing and, you know, the gratitude, all the things we talk about these days, we have to continually practice that and keep ourselves in check. And then it can be, it can be lasting. So I think that those, you know, it's, we all are looking for that magic pill. Um, And I think that's hard, that's hard because I was my whole life, but it's a combination of all of the things that make it beautiful at the end. So, so talk to us about, uh, so let's say somebody listening to this episode has been diagnosed with cancer or maybe is just not feeling good within themselves, right? So what's happening inside the body of someone with cancer? And what role do these free radicals play in this? Because you've written about that. Yes. So I feel like um, I feel like cancer, um, any kind of health issue, is really predicated on the number of toxins 
in the body. And we are highly toxic. We come into the world toxic. I mean, mm-hmm. there are 250 toxins in the womb, in the mom's womb. There's 150 plus toxins in the mother's breast milk. Um, then we're exposed to water and air and food. And, you know, we get viral issues. Um, we get bacteria, fungus, you know, mold, uh, heavy metals. I mean, we are toxic, sadly. Right. I mean, it is a little scary if you were to probably really look inside and see what's going on in those organs. But toxins accumulate in the organs, in the liver, in the thyroid, and, you know, all, all the different organs. And they love to hang out in there and have a party. I mean, it's so what I feel like is, and that's what causes inflammation. And our body is constantly trying to, um, you know, cool down these toxins and lower the toxin load um, with whatever pathogens or toxins there are. So I really am a believer. That's how I got into the whole cleansing world is lowering these toxin loads. And there's, there's so many easy ways to lower the toxin loads. I mean, okay. It does have something to do with the emotional component as well, mm-hmm. since we talked about that a lot. But the physical component is we are severely dehydrated society. So even though we drink all this bottled water, we just pee it out. We mm-hmm. don't have enough minerals in our body to help the water go into the cells. So it's wow. really crucial that we you know, get minerals in our body through food or through supplements to actually really fully hydrate our body because our body's detoxing and cleansing throughout the night mostly. And in the morning, we're really dehydrated. And a lot of us just go right to coffee a lot of times or right to food and mm-hmm. we don't rehydrate. So sometimes it can be as easy as having two cups of water. The ultimate is with some lemon because that's really cleansing for the for the intestines. Okay. We need to we need to hydrate we throughout the day. We need Women need 90 ounces of water throughout the day or 90 ounces of fluid that's not caffeinated. And men need over that, like probably mm. 110, maybe 115. Right. So we don't drink enough of that. And we are drinking water. We don't, we don't have minerals in our body, like I said. So that's really crucial. And sleep is also super crucial. Like our body resets between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And okay. most of us are going to bed at midnight, even one or two. We're missing those four hours of resetting and we can't mm-hmm. regain them. So it's really important to try to get to bed by 10 or 11 and get eight hours or nine hours of sleep. Really important for resetting and regenerating, replenishing the body and helping the body detox and cleanse. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've i been a juicer, as you know, since I was diagnosed and went to that juice place. And I feel like we don't get nutrients at a cellular level. So juicing greens is so like hydrating, as well as we get these vitamins, minerals, um, it's like an IV of them. Mm-hmm. So they go right into the bloodstream and they can go right into the cells and replenish us. Mm-hmm. So they can give those cells a chance to duplicate and replicate in a healthy way. So I'm a, I'm a big juicer when it comes to cleansing and detoxing these toxins from the organs. And whether it be just, you know, celery and cucumber, lemon, ginger, parsley is a great heavy metal detoxifier and cilantro, but kale, spinach, arugula, dandelion greens are one of my favorites for detoxing the liver. Mm -hmm. And burdock root is another one for the gut and the liver. I don't put any fruit in my juices because that's too much sugar going into the bowl. So I'm all about the greens. That that is huge. If you would do that four to five times a week, that is a beautiful thing for detoxing and lowering these toxins. Mm-hmm. In a food-based way, plus spirulina, the blue-green algae, the chlorellas of the world, 
are incredible for helping us detoxify some of these toxins. And then the herbs, there's incredible herbs out there like cat's claw and olive leaf and echinacea and golden seal. And, you know, then there's high doses of vitamin C, just ester C that can lower viral loads, um, bioactive silver. I, I love all the herbs and the bot botanical herbs because they, they've been around for centuries and they can help us lower the viral loads and the toxin loads in our organs. And then we need to build up, you know, we need mm -hmm. to build up the immunity. And what I'm seeing these days with, you know, functional integrative doctors or naturopaths, they know what kind of tests to test for to see mm -hmm. sort of what nutri nutrient deficiencies we have. Um, vitamin D is a big one these days for immunity. Um, there's just a lot of, you know, omega-3s for inflammation. I mean, a lot of us are deficient in right. important vitamins and minerals if it's, you know, and magnesium as a mineral is crucial. It mm -hmm. has 300 different enzymatic reactions in the body and helps the cells talk to each other. There's, there's just certain, you know, to know where you're deficient mm -hmm. is so beautiful. And instead of just attacking it with all kinds of supplements, Right. Um, it's really, really beautiful to nowadays find out where we are deficient. So I think mm -hmm. we can really pump it up and do great things in a short amount of time to get people feeling better with some Got of these, these supplements and also with food, you know, with mm -hmm. the, I mean, I'm a plant-based girl mostly. So I think plants and I like fruit and vegetables are the fountain of youth. Mm -hmm. And there were all the vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, phytonutrients, they're also where the energy is. Mm -hmm. It's not really so much we need animal protein to some degree um, or we need plant-based protein, depending on if you're a vegan. I'm mostly 80% plant-based, 20% okay. animal, only because um, energetically I just feel like I need more substance or mm -hmm. I wish I could live a vegan plant-based life because I would, but I eat fish mostly. So I'm a pescatarian or I would say, but I'm also a flexitarian. I mm -hmm. do, you know, I do love to go out and entertain. I love food. So I'm not going to deprive myself, but, but to lower the inflammation for people who have cancer or who have these hardcore health issues, it's, it is, like I said, you know, the stress, the sleep, the hydration, it's, you know, juicing is fabulous, but eating a lot, if you're not a juicer, eating a lot of vegetables um, is absolutely huge of uh, getting as many as you can in your weekly rotation, eating more plant-based because we know the science out there shows that too much animal protein is a precursor to cancer. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of studies about that. And I know people are so confused today because there's so many diet modalities, mm -hmm. but you know, the longest living people on the planet are lived on legumes and beans, a bit of fish, right? More Mediterranean diet mm -hmm. and lots of vegetables. Right. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I, I try to tell people it's, it's not supposed to be complicated. You're mm -hmm. supposed to go back to your roots and have real food and eat as much as you can organic if you have a health issue because you don't want to be absorbing any pesticides. Or if you're eating animal protein to eat as clean as you can because you don't want to be absorbing any antibiotics or heavy metals in your body. So we can detox, you know, just by doing that. So do you actually drive? We're learning that it's important to lead a balanced life in every sense, whether it's balancing the amount of uh, meat that you're eating and and uh, you know compensating for that with a lot of vegetables, green vegetables, green leafy vegetables, as well as juicing if you can, but also getting a lot of 
adequate sleep, sleep early if possible between 10 to 11 so that you uh, get the rest that your body needs for digestion as well as the other functions that your body carries out and to ensure that you not only have water but you're having the minerals along with the water so that your body is able to detoxify. Uh, so, so much that you shared. Thanks a lot for sharing that. And also you advocated for a more personalized based health regimen, right? Because there are so many tests that you can conduct to find out what you're deficient in. So that is something that uh, you can do. Now, I've not conducted one of these tests, but for somebody starting out, what tests would you recommend? So really functional doctors and integrative doctors like um, know how to test for nutrient deficiencies. It's just called a okay. nutrient deficiency test. Okay. Um, there's also a really great, uh, there's place, I mean, they re- they do do the digging, which is why I love to send clients to them because they know okay. what to ask for. Okay. Um, and also stool samples to know what's going on in your gut. We didn't really talk about the gut, but you know, a majority of the immune system is in the gut. Yeah. 90% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. So I am seeing a huge amount of gut issues, of course. Mm-hmm. And because we've had so much antibiotics and over-the-counter medications and, you know, stress and also all of these toxins that I'm talking about are wreaking havoc on the gut mm-hmm. and our hydrochloric acids being depleted because of stress and our enzymes. So we're not breaking down food to the degree that we can absorb the minerals. So our guts aren't in the best shape. So it's really important to also potentially do a stool test. Um, Biome is a company that's doing those. Yeah excuse me, uh, and you can just send away for it. There's a lot of that happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, a nutritionist isn't supposed to be sick. Uh, but there, you can find out you know, what's going on if you have an overgrowth of bad bacteria in your gut, and you can lower those, you know, that bacteria or the fungus or the microbials that are happening in there. Um, there's a lot of that. We're seeing that we need to lower those bacteria loads and pathogens in the gut and then build up the gut as well Mm -hmm. at the same time and thank god that's happening in a big way right now because i think that is going to be a precursor to help people you know be be cancer free um also health issue free i think that Mm -hmm. you know i'm a big fan of probiotics um so i do i give a lot of my clients 100 billion 150 billion i think a lot of people kind of freak out at that but i'm noticing in 10 years huge changes when we can you know, actually repopulate that microbiome. And mm-hmm. with the right kinds of probiotics, with good over-the-counter high-quality ones, I don't think um, most people know where to go and what to do with that. So I think that that has been huge. And then also getting fermented foods has been mm-hmm. a really beautiful thing in the diet these days. Getting, you know, kimchi and sauerkraut and, um, you know, unpasteurized miso, um, I love in coconut kefirs. I there's a coconut kefir drink that I love. It's fermented. It's mm-hmm. fermented coconut water, and then there's a coconut yogurt that is full of beneficial bacteria that's food based. So the combination of those two can really change people's lives. It's a beautiful. I mean, we have a lot of that. We have a lot of those things here in LA. I mean, LA is really sort of uh, very much of a cornerstone of health and wellness. Mm-hmm. There's a marketplace here called Erewhon, and it is really the like leader in a lot of the new and upcoming brands of health mm-hmm. and wellness. So we're definitely spoiled. I know that we don't have that elsewhere in the world. Got it. So, so now, now uh, coming back to vegetables you mentioned, and I think yeah. you, you ensure that you have at least half a plate of vegetables, right? You've spoken about vegetables, 
green leafy green leafy vegetables as well so uh, how do vegetables help counter cancer and other illnesses and why do we need half a plate if you could just you know provide i know you alluded to this a bit but how exactly does that happen i mean vegetables really are the fountain of youth i mean that is you know that's where all the amino acids are that's where the vitamins minerals antioxidants phytochemicals i mean that's where everything that counteracts the toxins the pathogens the inflammation um you know in our body that is that is where it's at i mean i you know when we when when animal protein when cows eat grass yeah or veg, i mean that's where they get the amino acids we think we get it from right animal protein but they're right. getting it from the plants and the grass so mm -hmm. that is the true essence of of really where it's all at that's where um you know they're all grown from the sun so yeah. that's where the energy is mm -hmm. I just, and there's so many studies. There was a recent study done with eight tumor markers for cancer and mm -hmm. they tested some exact um, vegetables and the vegetables that came out the highest that lowered all of these eight tumor markers mm -hmm. were cruciferous vegetables, the broccoli, the kale, you know, um, the bok choy, all of, all of the cruciferous cauliflower were very high. And then it was onions and garlic and leeks. And okay. then the next one was spinach mm -hmm. and then radicchio and beets. Okay. All of those were super high on the chain. They either lowered all eight tumor markers or they lowered all seven out of eight. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the studies that we've done, you know, we don't see studies of animal protein lowering cancer or tumor markers. We don't see right. animal, you know, we don't see saturated fat doing that. Mm -hmm. So we, it's, I mean, we do know that complex carbs with legumes and beans and sweet potatoes and wild rice and things that are really healthy also are filled with minerals. Um, they're great for calming down the central nervous system, but okay. we just don't see the research like we do with the, with the plants. Got and that's, okay. why, that's why I say um, it's so hard for people to incorporate these veggies in the way that I would love them to. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot to say half your plate is vegetables. We haven't been yeah. trained to do that we we've been trained we need protein and fat yes right so we have not been told there's no money and you know <laughs> telling us that you know vegetables you know that apple is going to save your life or that spinach um there's no one out there touting that really mm -hmm. there's no marketing big huge marketing campaign behind veggies saving your life right do you i don't Absolutely. know if you see it and i don't i don't know Oh no! Absolutely, especially with the uh, with the other documentary that we were talking about, you know, prior to this interview about going veganism versus versus having a lot of meat. There's definitely a lot of propaganda that's being spread towards the dairy industry, towards to promote the meat industry as well. And so, in such a scenario, a lot of people might be confused, right? Because they want to ensure that they have a balanced diet. And there's this myth that says that uh, veggies are not a good source of protein and thereby cannot replace white or red meat. What have you found so far? Can you get protein through veggies? I absolutely think you can get veggies, protein through veggies. Absolutely. Okay. I'll, and I also, I mean, in a plant-based diet, you can get a ton of veggies from legumes and beans. Okay. You know, um, maybe the veggie count, the protein count in the veggies isn't as high as legumes and beans. Mm -hmm. uh, huge in that and also i am a soy girl and i know there's a lot of controversy about that with yeah. some of the cases but 
Um, there really isn't any legit, like really hardcore research that shows that soy is a precursor for cancer. Mm-hmm. So um, I just, I, I use, I eat whole, whole organic soy. Um, edamame is a whole organic soy product and a cup of edamame is 20 grams of protein. Okay. So, and then three ounces of tempeh or tofu is 18 grams of, you know, protein. So I, I don't overdo anything in my life okay. except for the veggies. I probably will overdo that. I mean, when I had cancer, I overdid carrot juice and, but my body told me that I was overdoing it because I turned completely orange, Orange, yeah, <laughs> orange. but, right. um, you know, I just, I feel like, um, that is really like where it's at in terms of, um, it, you know, it, about, about, like I said, Dan Buner wrote a book on the healthiest, you know, people on the planet. That's what they ate. They lived mm-hmm. in their hundreds. Um, right. and I know that they also had a beautiful community around them. They weren't probably as stressed as we are in this world that we live in today. You know, they lived a little bit healthier and they exercised probably more mm-hmm. than some people do today. But it does say a lot with all that research and all those years. I feel like that just sits well with me instinctually. Is this the Blue Blue Zone uh, study? Yes. Blue region? Okay. Came out with a cookbook too. Yeah, Blue Zones. Yeah. Got it. So, so what are some lies that the food industry is still spreading around? Because you, you you share a lot of myths and some you know stuff that should not be followed, but is followed for some reason. So, what are some lies that the food industry is still uh, propagating and spreading around? I think that you know that we need so much animal protein that yep. um, we you know they basically say we should have animal protein at every meal. Um, we need like half our body weight in animal protein. Um, which is quite a lot of animal protein. And also that we need, you know, a lot of, um, of this fat, that mm-hmm. fat is good for our brain and for our hormones. I mean, it is to some degree, but it is both those animal protein and fat is really hard on our liver. Right. It's also hard to break down in our digestive system. And then the liver has to overcompensate and produce more bile to break down all this fat. And I think these days we have, you know, unhealthy livers as well as our guts. Um, I think that they've been really taxed with all the toxins that they have to convert into safe forms uh, to get out of our body. So I think the animal protein, the dairy is, is really so inflammatory. Um, it's really hard to break down that casein molecule for us. And they, I think they still, they still say that we need dairy and cheese and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, I think that, yeah, they think they say that, you know, we really don't need as many veggies as I think we do. Um, there's nobody, like I said, out there promoting that. There, a lot of people are saying we don't, we should eat fruit because of the mm-hmm. high sugar content. So um, really unhappy with that because fruit is the fountain of youth. And um, eating whole fruit is, you know, just the, the, the ultimate as well as those veggies. So, um, but we're staying away from fruit because of sugar, too high yeah. sugar. I mean, I don't recommend putting fruit in the juices. I don't recommend putting fruit in like a ton of fruit in smoothies so that it, you know, goes into the bloodstream really fast. But I think mm-hmm. eating fruit is really, really crucial. And right. I think that, that they're saying that we shouldn't eat organic. I mean, there are certain foods out there that we need to or- eat organic. I mean, they're because basically we're getting a lot of pesticides. Um, like I said, we're already toxic. So I think if you have an illness, it's really important to go organic if you can afford to. Mm-hmm. And the dirty dozen or clean 15 tells you which ones to eat clean and which ones you cannot, you don't have to do organic. 
and just the hormones in the animal products these days. Um, and the GMO, GMO is genetically modified. They're saying that it's safe. And mm. I, I do not believe that. Um, I think genetically modified foods are not safe for us. So those are things that are being touted and people aren't really being educated to the fact that um, these things really can cause cancer. Also, the, you know, I do, I'm a, you know, because I'm plant-based, I do eat some Beyond Meat. And yeah. sometimes, you know, when you look at what's in that Beyond Meat and Possible Burgers, yeah, it is crappy, totally crappy. So if mm. you are an animal protein eater and you're dying for hamburgers, sometimes I think we should eat a real grass-fed burger with mm -hmm. no additives. And I mean, they have so many additives in these fake burgers. Really? Yes, to make them feel and taste and bleed like a burger. I'm sure, yeah. Do a disservice for us. Um, so I just you know, want people to know that they really shouldn't overdo those things. Right. I've got this thing in me, right? Whenever there's a new trend, and whenever it's, it's been pushed by the mainstream media like crazy, I sort of, you know, take that with a pinch of salt. You know, right. Is it really good for you? Or do they want you to feel like it's good for you, right? right. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you know, <laughs> sometimes you're, you know, you got to listen to your gut, right? Like you right. mentioned earlier on. So uh, what are your thoughts on meal prep? Because obviously you, in your book, you've said we shouldn't be going for the quick pill. We shouldn't be trying to save, save, save time all the time. But obviously people who are working, they want to have good nutritious meals made at home. And meal prep is one of the ways by which you can ensure that, right? So what are your thoughts on that? And uh, if you could share what, what are your favorite meals that someone can prepare? <laughs> I know. That's always uh, a dilemma because people are so stressed and busy. Yeah. That they feel like they never have a, enough time to meal prep. But um, I feel like that is a crucial thing to do for yourself because if you're feeding yourself um, right and you're nurturing and nourishing yourself, you know, your physical and emotional well-being is going to be completely different than when you are. So um, my meal prep consists of, I, I actually have a soup cleanse that I cook and deliver to about 100, 150 people in Los Angeles. And I love soups because I love the pureeing vegetables or just, again, that's another way of how I get my vegetables. So um, I'm always on the weekend or even during the week, I make a quick soup um, or a couple soups. I have, I mean, takes 15, 20 minutes to mm -hmm. actually, you know, saute some onions and garlic potentially and some broth and put some veggies in there and some seasoning and spices and then puree it. And then you have it in the fridge for five days. So that's mm -hmm. something that I absolutely love to do. And I have them in the freezer as well. So I have them in the fridge, in the freezer. And I know when I come home, you know, I can just grab that and have a cup of soup even before my meal. So I'm not so starving and I don't go for the chips or the crappy stuff that I do like as well. I love, you know, tortilla chips and anything that's, um, I love Mexican food because of growing up in Arizona, just any of that stuff. Um, so I do that. I also have glass Pyrex dishes um, that I pile up in the fridge. I buy my greens and that are pre-washed or I wash it myself. And then I have lentils or black beans or chickpeas or edamame or tempeh and mm -hmm. most or salmon. And I have it in a glass pirates dish individually. And then I roast veggies, you know, for the week, tons of different veggies. Um, and then I have some raw veggies. I always have avocado and I'll have um, red peppers or tomatoes or cucumbers and celery, all that. I'll cut that up and put it in a dish as well. 
And then I also have complex carbs. I'll have sweet potatoes or I'll have wild mm. rice, quinoa, um, squash, um, potatoes even. I love those. And those are all in like pi glass pirates dishes. And then I make a couple of dressings and that's what makes the meal. Um, I just puree the, the dressings in a Vitamix. And then when I come home lunch or dinner, I will just pour it all into a bowl and I'll just mix and match what feels right for me that day, whatever I'm in the mood for. And then mm -hmm. that dressing on the bowl. And it's like, it takes me 15 minutes, not even. So right. my work prep might take me about an hour okay. uh, on a Sunday or if it's not a Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, or it's a Monday, um, it takes about an hour. And then when I come home, it takes about 15 minutes to throw all this stuff in a bowl. And it's, then I know I'm eating mm -hmm. something and it's so easy. So to have the bowls or to have the salads and to have the soups um, is really something I love. And then I always have like hummus, different kinds of hummus. There's so many different kinds these days. Beef, yeah. carrot, whatever you want to make. Um, and I always have flax crackers around and just really, you know, healthy things that I can stack on olives. So, mm -hmm. and so I'm not, um, I'm always feeling satisfied. I know that I always make sure I do have protein and fat every meal, but it mm -hmm. mostly is plant-based. So there's always those boomer beans and avocado and, and olive and olive oil. And it's, it's really it. changing. I mean, it has, <laughs> it not only has helped, I think with illness, but I know for me it's helped with my anti-aging because I'm almost 60 and I feel, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I you feel, look young, much younger for sure. <laughs> energized and yeah, I just feel amazing. It's because of the mm. world too. God. So, so there you go, Action Tribes. Uh, what you're missing out on is not time. Maybe it's time, but what you need is a strategy. Yeah. And you need some planning so that you know how to put it all together. And uh, I, I'm from India. And uh, I know for a fact that in India, it's not so easy to get non-veg. I mean, you, you get non-vegetarian food, uh, but you don't get beef pretty much. But what tends to happen is as a result of that, most of the people consume like a 80% vegetarian diet with some non-veg on the side. But when I came to Canada, it's sort of the other way around. There's a lot of lot of meat. Whereas it's hard to find, like, especially for a, it's changing, but for a vegetarian, it's hard to find only veg. Not that I'm vegetarian, I, I eat non-veg as well. Uh, but what I've been thinking of late is to move more into your sort of 80% vegetarian, maybe 90% vegetarian and 10% meat. And to see how I feel as a result of that. Maybe our listeners can also, you know, try this out as an experiment to see how their, you know, day changes or how their energy levels change, how their immunity rises. Uh, but yeah, that's that's something uh, good to indulge in. And thanks a lot for giving us these these ideas. Well, it, it's a, such a pleasure because it's so it's just sort of something that I live by. And I know that I want people to live a vibrant, thriving life. I don't want them to suffer. And mm -hmm. I think that we suffer too much and we just survive. We don't we don't know how to get to the other side. And I mean, I, I really, I should take that back. I think we do know how to get to the other side. We just need people like yourself, you know, bringing on experts and people that can help if they connect with me or they connect with whoever you have on your podcast, they will start to take some steps to make life for themselves. You know, they know they want life better, right? They definitely know that they want something to change. And sometimes it doesn't have to be really that challenging. Hopefully what I've said doesn't seem that challenging, right? 
or at least whether or not it's many steps involved at least they've got a new mindset now right. to look at the same thing in a different way but what you've right. shared shared is pretty much it's not challenging at all it's as right. simple yeah. as going to the grocery and and choosing the right things right uh so on that note what is it one action step that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today i only get one <laughs> oh. you keep it simple and and uh, you know unoverwhelming <laughs> because the action i mean oh my god because i was can i say two yeah no. sure okay i'm going to so journaling just start journaling mm-hmm. and get putting a pen to paper and start releasing some of those thought patterns that are that you don't feel are working for you and the anxieties you know just the the all the things that you feel are holding you back that that is huge and the second thing is is um go on amazon buy a juicer breville makes a great cold fountain plus juicer and start juicing greens they'll be life changing so they will actually drive if you are watching this session so far or if you're listening to it on your iphone or some other device make sure that you hit subscribe because it'll ensure that you do not miss out any uh out on any future episodes because we've got some amazing episodes in store for you and if you're listening then you're missing out on our video because as you can tell we're doing a live stream hd interview series which is available on our facebook page and on youtube as well once again to save time make sure you hit subscribe i hope you enjoyed the session of my seven chakras as much as i did hosting it and i'm pretty sure that you now have some mental models as well as some specific actions that you can take towards your new reality and as we enter a brand new decade i think it's important to think big and let go of your limited mindset and all the baggage that you've been carrying on so far and while it's important to take action we're realizing that first and foremost you need to dream and dream big it's important to visualize and feel and know that you've already achieved what you've desired whether it's healing or awakening your intuitive gifts or even receiving more abundance in your life So claim your wishes like they've already happened and strengthen the power of your imagination because once you do the universe will get to work for as Neville Goddard once said dare to believe in the reality of your assumption and watch the world play its part relative to its fulfillment and with that we come to the last round for today which is the wisdom round four questions so that our listeners can take notes take action So Elisa what is the best piece of advice that you've received that you can heal your body by repro- reprogramming your subconscious so if your subconscious mind directs the subconscious mind with the right messages the body can heal right and quick and, and if you could turn back time uh, and spend one hour with someone who's living or dead who would it be i'm going to be yeah oprah <laughs> great what is that one thing you do in the morning or maybe in the evening uh, before going to sleep that has changed your life It's the journaling. Journaling, putting the pen to paper has changed everything for my life. Just being able to like get out the things that I don't need in my life and to bring in manifest the wonderful things that I want to come into my life. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? It's Becoming Supernatural. Um, mm-hmm. How common people are doing uncommon things. Um I don't know if you know Dr. Joe Dispenza. I've I've heard about that specific book but I've not read yeah. it myself but so yeah. maybe that's a cue for me to look at it. <laughs> he's amazing. He is utterly he's someone you should definitely have on your show. He's special human. Got it. For sure. I, it is another reminder for me in Action Tribe uh Dr. Joe Dispenza. If you would like to receive 
any of his books for free, audible.com is offering Ancient Tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can at least get to check out their service and listen to a book instead of read a book because listening is the new reading. As, <laughs> as you can tell, you're listening to a podcast, right? And I definitely love listening to my audibles, which I have stored on my phone. Uh, and in most cases, the authors themselves read the book out to you, which is which is fun and, and exhilarating, right? So to check out this new service, go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book, my7chakras.com forward slash free book. So Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on our show. It was so wonderful to have you on here as you shared your story, as well as you shared so much useful information about how to reduce the toxicity in our life, how to think about nutrition and simple steps in terms of what you can eat right away. I love the soup idea that you gave, which I'm definitely going to try. But before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how do we find you online? I'm grateful for my health, very much so, that I can, um, and, my, and my inner peace and my calm. Um, of course, all my, I know you said one thing, all my family and all my, my children. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can find me online at Alyssa, E-L-I-S-S-A, Goodman.com. And I have a website and a, I'm on social media a lot. And um, I definitely, I have a YouTube show where I interview game changers in the wellness arena. And I have a book called Cancer Hacks. And I also have some free downloads, um, resources. I just put myself into remission for Hashimoto's. And I have an autoimmune hacks PDF that can be downloaded for free, as well as a one-day cleanse, um, cleansing tips, all of that. So there's a lot happening there. Wonderful. We'll have all these links up in the show note. Action Tribe, remember that this is not only for people who are diagnosed with cancer. This is about radically transforming your life. So you have more energy, more purpose, uh, better immunity, and you can do the things that you want with the people that you love. So that's why I also feel it's so important to not only listen to this whole episode, but also uh, learn more about Elisa because obviously she has so much to offer. Yeah, we'll have the links up in the show notes. Action Tribe, before we end, if you enjoyed today's episode and if you consider yourself a part of Action Tribe, then you will definitely love the Action Tribe Energy Circle. Our program is about to launch pretty soon where you will be introduced to mentors who will teach you how to experience more healing, more awakening, and more abundance. To learn more, go to my7chakras.com forward slash energy circle. That's my7chakras.com forward slash energy circle. We've got a video series right now that you can check out and learn more about this new experience. Right? And if you're on Instagram, then take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram. My handle is at my7chakras. That's at my7chakras. And Alyssa, what is your handle once again? It's at Alyssa Goodman. At Alyssa Goodman. So you can tag both of us if you like this episode. And uh, yeah, that's all from my end. Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about hacking our way through cancer as well as eating healthy, thinking healthy and really preparing ourselves for the next decade. It's going to begin in 2020. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at my7chakras.com That is my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com